Hey, we're just about to jump into the episode, but before we do, did you know we have a junior-friendly Discord community? It's completely free to join. If you want to join us, the link is in the description. We'd love to have you. All right, enjoy the episode. All right, what can I help you with? So um, I'm currently just a few days out from getting into a uh, immersive boot camp, and um, most of my questions pertain to actually succeeding, getting through the boot camp <clears throat> with uh, as many high quality results as possible. And, you know, I'm not under the impression, Don, that I'm going to be having a job like the, the day that I get out of boot camp. But my goal really with this call is to learn your insight on how to kind of narrow that gap between getting out of boot camp and landing that first developer position. So um, I have some specific questions. If you if if it's OK with you, I'll, I'll get into the first one. Sounds good. Let's um, dive into it. The first thing I'm really curious about is kind of judging my competency on kind of when to start working on projects and similarly what the benchmark is or if there is any benchmarks that you're kind of familiar with or have seen before for beginning to get into the interview process, filling out applications and actually trying to prospect for interviews actively. Um, I don't know if that totally makes sense to you, but I, I... I'm just, I'm primarily curious if there's a specific time and place that you get in your, in learning how to code where it makes sense. Like, yes, let's jump into the interview process. Let's start working, uh, spending a lot of my time on projects rather than like actively spending time in the classroom on tutorials, et cetera. Or if I'm just separating something that's kind of more cohesive. So... Um, I don't think there's an official benchmark or a line in the sand where you cross it. And now let's go hardcore with the interviews. I, one thing I'm concerned about is there are a lot of people in your shoes. They get into a coding bootcamp. They want to hit the ground running. That's important to them. The problem is I see so many people pull their focus away from the learning, from the coding bootcamp, from the coding bootcamps process. And I see that being more of a detriment than anything. So my big recommendation, like my main recommendation is just follow the process with the coding boot camp, hit up admissions before you even get into it. How can I best prepare for this? Um, like, I, I really want to excel at this. I want to take this seriously. It's going to look good as a good statistic for them if you are very well prepared for this. And so, like, the main advice is follow their process and hopefully they're giving you supplemental material. And what you can do, the further you get into the coding boot camp, you're going to realize, OK, these are the things that I probably need to reinforce, right? These are the things I need to practice. And so as you get more comfortable, as you get more skills, you want to you're, you're going to figure out how to apply them to actual projects, to real solutions, real coding solutions. So as you get further, you're going to become more knowledgeable and then you're going to be able to build things that are going to be able to reinforce that those more advanced concepts that you're learning. But you're not going to know in the beginning. It's really hard to prepare for this at the beginning because you don't really know what you don't know. And it's very hard to translate them into an actual project that employers are going to care about that solves a real problem. So my main advice is just follow the process. Um, what you can do, because every coding boot camp, you got to supplement something. If they aren't heavy with project work, especially with the second half, you can build your own project. Think about the things that you've been learning 
what can I build to go ahead and reinforce these concepts? So um, what people, what you might consider doing is just like having a project in mind in the beginning and then let it slowly evolve into something with features that are going to reinforce what you're learning. And you can kind of just build it on the side a little bit. And this project, you don't really need to build features that make sense. You just need to build features that reinforce what you're learning. This isn't the type of project that's going to be this amazing portfolio project. It's a project where you practice and reinforce what you're learning. Right. Yeah. So yeah, my first few projects, I'm not, uh, I'm not, getting a startup going or anything. So yeah, yeah, that, that totally, that makes sense. Yeah. I I like how you mentioned the idea of actually applying it to the real world. I've been self-teaching for um, several months and um, that's, I gotta say that's been the biggest challenge for me um, is uh, first off getting, you know, troubleshooting in the first place. That's just been a process of learning in and of itself, but um, more impactful has been, not only seeing kind of where a coding concept applies in the real world. So kind of learning those concepts and implementing them into projects gradually over time um, seems like a really solid way to go. So, yeah. And like, you've also asked a question, like, when do I know to like really start uh, applying and, and pushing forward with that? Um, again, just to answer that question, it's the coding bootcamp to career services is probably going to let you know about that. I would just push that more towards the end of the program um you you're going to figure out um you're you're going to build projects probably throughout the program your projects are going to evolve into more kind of like products portfolio ready projects that solve a real problem that is going to be directly translatable but um to like when you start like really preparing and going heavy into the interview process as well um it, it's going to start off slow it's kind of just like a, a little bit of a curve you start off slow a few applications maybe you know, like mm-hmm. a three applications a week, you're doing company research, cover letter, and then you let that progress into like if you're applying, um, even when you graduate. And I know this isn't exactly the question you asked, but hopefully this is helpful. But yeah. um, when you graduate, then you're kind of still going hardcore with projects. But, you know, then it's maybe up to 15 applications. If you're applying full time, it's up to 15 applications per week. I would cap it at that and just do heavy, heavy project work. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, in your, it, it just based on what you've seen being in the industry, um, talking about portfolios specifically, I, I'm sure I'll get some insight from this from my from my boot camp as well. But there's a lot of conflicting information online uh, when it comes to kind of building out a portfolio. Do you do you have any personal recommendations with building one? Do you, do you recommend building a portfolio completely from scratch? Doing you know, just throwing boilerplate in there and getting all of the UX and all of the functionality built out. Um, Do you sometimes recommend using templates or is it a mix of the two? I'm just kind of curious about that because especially watching some of your recent portfolio reviews, it seems like um, there's, there's some things to be learned about design that could be um, implemented into, into building a cohesive portfolio. So I just was kind of interested on your, on your input on that particular issue. Yeah. Um, is your coding bootcamp more focused on front end or back end? It's, um, it's full stack. So it's going to be, uh, the Mern stack. And then we're also, um, learning Python and Django, um, which I, 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 I like and dislike. It seems like quite a bit of technology to learn in a relatively short time period. So I am concerned, um, just a little bit about the depth of 
each particular topic. Um, but that said, I'm also excited to get a broad exposure to a lot of different technologies. So, Gotcha. So every single program, whether they say full stack or not, focuses on front end or back end. And so that's a good question to ask admissions even before you start, I think, because it, yeah. it's important to know what you're going to need to supplement. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, as you go through the coding boot camp, you're probably going to find that you lean more towards I'm interested in front end, I'm interested in back end. So if there's any interested or en- any interest in applying for front end positions specifically, I think it's really important to care about UX. I think it's really like you don't have to be a designer. You don't have to design this amazing portfolio, but you need to understand like like professional front end developers care about the content they're displaying on the page. They have that context in mind. They care about the UX. They care about like even just placement of items like they you'll notice even front end uh, engineers when they build their own side projects. They're not designers. Their, their sites, whatever they're building, it, it looks pretty good. Why is that? Because they they put a focus in front end and they've kind of like <clears throat> they picked up tips for design and they put attention towards that. And so I think a lot of companies hiring for front end, they're going to care about that, that you put that effort in learning a little bit like becoming a little bit uh, UX savvy is very important for a front end developer, even in just the communications you're going to have with the designer, you showing that you care about that kind of thing and at least making, you know, spacing is consistent with your portfolio and like Mm -hmm. the color contrast is it, I can read it like focusing on things like that, that matters. Um, so I would, I would focus on the basics and fundamentals if you can, I don't think your design needs to be amazing. If you want to go with a templated approach, that's fine. I think like the portfolio itself, I think should speak a little bit to your personality, which is why where templates can take away from that, but Mm. it's the most uninteresting project you're going to be building as well. And so if you have a focus to like really double down on this other project that you think is very impressive and like you're able to like have a really constructive conversation about all the features and why you built those features like what problems they actually solve how you implemented them in the interview that's an important conversation so it's like should you build a portfolio and get a little bit savvy with ux and kind of like add your own flavor to it yes that can benefit you but it's not the thing that's going to bring you the most value right that makes sense yeah, speaking to the emphasis on front end or back end, the the bootcamp I'm going to is definitely front end emphasized. Um, do you do you typically recommend that people try to get a relatively deep understanding of both sides of the tech stack, or uh, specifically juniors, um, or do you recommend going much deeper into one or the other? What's your what What are your opinions on on that? It depends on what you so. You're going to keep going as deep as you need to go until you figure out what you want to do. And that's the extent. That's as far as you're going to go. In my opinion, a lot of front end developers, like when you dive into a full stack curriculum, a lot of front end developers will, they'll, they're told that they're supposed to learn back end because it's going to make them more marketable. But I find that their front end skills just suck. They do. And they haven't spent enough time with front end. So like, ideally, would it be beneficial for you to learn the full stack Sure. And I think having context of the entire full stack is important. It's going to improve your communication with backend developers. It's going to under like you're going to understand more context and it's it's just going to make you a better developer. And you're, you're also going to learn d- different patterns on the back end versus front end usually. So can it benefit you? Yes. 
is that going to be the most efficient way of landing your first job? Probably not. Like there's so much depth in the front end. There's so much depth in the back end to be competitive. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It seems like um, I, I'm, I'm relatively confident that the front end is where I'm going to be pursuing primarily um, initially. Um, so it seems to me like having some understanding of the back end is is very, and this is a the back end is a totally esoteric topic to me. So I have no clue what I'm talking about as of yet. But um, it seems like it just even just having some core competencies to be able to even talk to a full stack or back end developer um, is a a decent place to be. Um, if I if I am going into the the front end primarily right off the bat. Yeah, I, I think the you're right. I think it can help. That exposure mm-hmm. can help you in seeing all, how all the pieces uh, fall into place. But the problem is when people graduate, they make the mistake of doubling down on the full stack. They don't pick one still. And that's right. where developers kind of shoot their themselves in the foot with that. So once you graduate, make sure you know what you want to focus on. Yeah, good at one, not terrible at both. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Um, my uh, my next question is primarily it's it's a more of a career question than anything. Um, uh, what I'm I'm interested in your experience, what you have um, done throughout your career as like going from I believe you started as a a, a, a W nine correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are some other avenues that you t- have you done any freelancing? Have you been in the startup world at all? Do you have any uh, insights into these? Things? I'm, I'm interested. Wait, in, actually, in hold on, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. What is a W9? I want to make sure I have this correct. Oh, a W9 is being an employee of another company. Yes. Sorry. No, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, not at all. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really just curious on, on getting your insight on some other potential avenues to take within the career of being a developer. So I, I don't know uh, personally if you've, if you've done any of these things, but like, as far as like working in startups, freelancing, um, and then obviously you have experience as a content creator. Um, what are your insights into the, like going into freelancing, um, being in the startup world? Do you, do you have any, anything to say about those particular experiences compared to being a W9 employee? Um, when you say going into the startup world and you compare that with being a W9 employee, what's the difference? Yeah. Sorry. Um, like, uh, working with, um, a, a more, a more established company, not necessarily like a fan company, but, but a company that has secured funding and is relatively profitable, profitable, as opposed to, um, a, a, uh, business that's just starting needs a lot of capital to continue running, um, and may or may not blow up in the next year or so. So gotcha. the startup world being much more quick, like typically much more quick paced, uh, quickly paced than like, you know, something that's a little more established. Um, yeah, the startup world, uh, startup world could definitely mean a couple different things. I've definitely sure. worked in the startup world, but they had their funding for me. Um, okay. I mean, somewhat, uh, my first company laid off a ton of employees, but I, so I have never uh, freelanced for money before I considered that route when I was becoming a developer, all my experience and knowledge with that comes from just mentoring people that have. So just to give that disclaimer, okay. um, I 
I guess my first question would be like, what is your objective with aiming for something like freelancing or something that's just going to pay like equity and it's going to be a big risk? So I, I don't, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm waiting to get into the industry to kind of get my bearings to fully uh, decide to make a pivot or, or, or make a decision of this nature. So just, just that's my, that's my disclaimer is I'm, I'm speaking primarily from a lack of experience and curiosity. Um, currently like most of my adult life, I've <clears throat> just run small service-based businesses and being able to work for myself has always been something that's been um, certainly not essential, but um, it, it definitely increases the quality of my my life and lifestyle, I would say. So that is uh, something that I would like to potentially over the mid to long term be pursuing after getting into developing full time for a period of at least several years and and gaining a lot of core competencies and um, sort of just really, really getting my bearings as a developer. Um, I, I would certainly, I will certainly be analyzing different potential exits, either into full-time entrepreneurship, freelancing on the side, or something in between those two that I haven't even heard of yet because of my lack of exposure to the industry thus far. Okay. So it sounds like you might long-term be looking for an exit into entrepreneurship potentially yeah i'm certainly i'm certainly leaving that possibility open so gotcha um i don't think it's something that you should focus on initially if you get into freelancing um there are even coding boot camps that will claim to you'll become a freelance developer you'll be able to afford your bills etc in my experience most freelancers will fail they're not going to be able to afford their bills um it 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 really aligns with the success rate from what I've seen, maybe a little bit higher, but uh, of a lot of entrepreneurship uh, ventures. So I think, I think you can become like, if you really want to get into freelancing down the road, I think getting professional experience, you can even start with like a product based position. You're a developer, you're working full time for a company, and then you can eventually transition into um, something like freelancing with better conventions, especially if you joined a team that, did proper code reviews and you know they shared their knowledge with you and wisdom and then you took that and now you could build a um now you could build a much better structure uh yeah better structured app that is a little bit scalable you know depending on the type of project you want to work on but you have those good conventions to carry with you i think that's more of a natural route that's going to increase the chances of success of you being able to do that um i think like even if you dove into freelancing a little bit early, you're not really going to be solving tough problems at all in the beginning. You're just building up right. your reputation, learning business. So I usually don't like if your goal in the near future is to get a full time developer as a software engineer, toss freelancing off your list. I don't think it's worth it. Okay. Um, yeah. You could do like a single project if you want, you know, go to a business, build a landing page for them or whatever, you know, they need. I think that can be beneficial, but don't put all of your focus on that. Um, yeah. and with startup and equity, it's like that's you, or maybe they have like really, um, volatile, uh, funding or just like limited funding. So your position could be gone the next day. Um, it's, I mean, it, it can be professional experience. You, you, I would argue like you could aim for a position like that. Um, you might even just Google job boards that, uh, for smaller companies and just look for, um, 
Just look for companies that are willing to take you in. Might not be a paid internship. You can negotiate at least a little bit of money. But like working there, will you look for your full time job elsewhere? Could also be a strategy. Um, mm. But it, it like it really depends on your goals. Um, I I think your what you can do with freelancing and what you can do with entrepreneurship will solidify once you actually get into the industry, and then you have to worry about your exit. Right. I, I'm not sure it'd benefit you to worry about that now. Yeah. Totally. That makes sense. I, I, I like that framework. I hadn't thought a whole lot about that, about kind of finding a niche within something that I'm already doing within the employed world and just having it be more of a kind of a smooth transition rather than doing a hard break of any kind. Um, Cause I mean, a hard break would be, yeah, obviously a lot more risky and you can like slowly build up something um, that is like ancillary to your employed position um, and you might even consider of, joining a startup with like a hundred employees, right? You're going to be a developer that's going to have conversations with design product. You're going to pick up things yeah. and you're going to be a little bit more involved in the business. And I think that's a really beneficial place to be. If your end goal, your exit is entrepreneurship. Okay, cool. That makes sense, Don. So cool. I'm, uh, I, that's, that's about it for me. Honestly, okay. those cool. were the big three that I had. So I, I really appreciate you. If you have any other words of wisdom for me, um, please, please do. But yeah, we're, we're basically at the end of what I, what I had for you. Cool. Um, yeah, why not? I like that you're thinking ahead. I do. Um, I think you have the right mindset to make this coding bootcamp successful. You've prepared very, like you've put in a few months of self-taught uh, work into just building yourself up as a developer, you're focused, you're thinking about the projects that are going to matter. You're thinking about um, when to essentially like transition from kind of coding bootcamp mind into becoming a professional developer. I think these are all good questions. Um, I, I just want, really want to reemphasize, do not toss yourself out of the coding bootcamp process too early be very careful about that i see way too many graduates that'll pull themselves they might not be happy what you can do in the coding bootcamp is you can supplement if you're not happy with how the coding bootcamp is teaching it doesn't go into enough depth for example right if you have extra time you can supplement with that depth you can build projects to reinforce it. you can look up an extra article right if they're not giving you those supplemental goals um, so you can supplement the weak parts of your coding boot camp but one of the worst things that you can do is toss yourself out of their process of learning completely and just like go solo and just apply for a bunch of companies and you know what screw this coding boot camp that usually right. doesn't work out for people and it's going to lengthen the amount of time to get that job yeah, that makes sense. And uh, the first time that you said that, I uh, kind of, a, a you know, I wasn't planning on necessarily like shutting off the advice from the boot camp, but that like the way that you put it totally makes sense. And it's also like, do you trust yourself with your own decisions? Because mm -hmm. given the price tag of a coding boot camp, you would think that you would have a huge amount of trust within the process of that boot camp, given whatever amount you had to end up paying for it. So um, why would you betray your own trust by making an exit from the boot camp and um, kind of trying to make your own way? So that's kind of the, the the idea that went through my head when you first mentioned that. So, yeah, that's very insightful and definitely something that I'll be keeping in mind. Cool. Yeah. The so. important thing you got to realize is when you graduate, 
usually no matter what coding bootcamp you come from, you're usually like 80% of the way there anyways, and you already know what you need to supplement. So even if it's a, you made a bad choice, whoops, um, you can usually fix that. Sure. Yeah, totally. Cool. Beautiful. All right. Well, hey, Colby, it was nice to meet you. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you, Don. Nice to meet you too. 